This is a Federal News Network podcast. For the first time in five years, no agency received an F or even a D grade on the Federal IT Acquisition Reform Act or FATARA scorecard. Now, those grades are both a sign of progress and a sign it's time to raise the bar on agencies. Federal News Network's executive editor, Jason Miller, covered the 10th House hearing on FATARA. He joins me now to discuss the latest grades and how the scorecard might be changing. And Jason, why was this the best scorecard yet? The grades themselves are the first piece of good news. There's one A by the General Services Administration, nine Bs from Agriculture, Commerce, Education, Treasury, EPA, National Science Foundation, SBA, SSA, and USAID, and 14 Cs for everyone else I didn't mention. But Tom, it's just beyond these overall grades, the scorecard is really littered with A's and B's in the seven subcategories, like software licensing, where 23 of 24 agencies received A's, only OPM received a bad grade, an F. Data center optimization, CIO authorities also saw a majority of high grades. Congressman Jerry Connolly is the chairman of the House Oversight and Reform Subcommittee on Government Operations and co-author of FATARA. Among the FATARA scorecard categories with the greatest impact is the IT portfolio review process known as Portfolio Stat. This process enables agencies to reduce commodity IT spending and demonstrate how IT investments align with the agency's mission and business function. Portfolio stat went from helping federal agencies save $3 billion in fiscal 2015 to $20 billion this fiscal year. When the software licensing metric was first added to the scorecard in June of 2017, 21 out of 24 agencies received an F grade for that metric. Now, 23 out of 24 agencies have A's and have an inventory of software licenses and use that inventory to make cost-effective decisions and avoid duplications. Congressman Jerry Connolly says this 10th Vitara scorecard really is a testament to agency CIO's hard work and the committee's continued focus on these issues. All right. And so what are some of the changes to the scorecard that are now being considered by this committee? It seems like agencies have made all this progress. Let's raise the bar. And that's that's something we've been hearing a lot about, Tom, over the last a year and a half or so, whether it's the committee or GAO or experts in the in the federal IT community, they've said, how can we make the scorecard better? How can we improve it? I think one clear change that is coming is how agencies are doing in moving to the Enterprise Infrastructure Solutions, or EIS, contract that GSA is running. That's for network and telecommunications modernization. The committee called this first set of scores or percentages they, they used a preview, but agencies should expect to see a more rigorous review in the next six months. This addition is much needed, too, as agencies have been slow to release solicitations under the EIS program, something, Tom, you and I have talked quite a bit about over the last year, how EIS is just not quite picking up the steam you would expect, given the importance of it and given the deadlines that GSA and the White House has set. Another change to the scorecard is the possible removal of the software licensing grades. This is under the old Megabyte Act. Now, since most agencies have an A, the committee is considering replacing that metric with another one. And they asked the, they asked the, the people who testified both in the first panel and the second panel, which included former federal CIOs and technology executives, what would make sense. One of those people that responded was Maria Rote, the deputy federal CIO. She says OMB will work with the GAO and the committee to improve the scorecard. With the IDEA Act, I think there's an opportunity to really look at the customer experience. That was the intent of the 21st Century IDEA Act, is the customer experience and how they interact with the federal government. And there's a number of requirements in there from e-signatures to 508 
to enabling an easier customer experience with the federal government. So I look forward to working with you and the committee on understanding what are some good metrics on that, because that is a perfect example of a metric that could evolve over time as agencies are continuing to improve their websites and their customer experience with the American public. That's Deputy Federal CIO Maria Rote. Now, the second panel I mentioned, which included former CIOs and executives, brought up several suggestions for how to improve the scorecard, ranging from measuring agency readiness for new technology, to closing workforce skill gaps, to using technology business management or TBM standards to better manage IT costs. And so what are some of the biggest challenges then left under FITAR? Seems like everyone's got it figured out. Not quite, because there's two, and these are the two ones that we've heard time and again over the last five years, Tom. One common theme we've heard many times is CIOs are still not reporting directly to the agency head or deputy. Carol Harris, the director of IT issues at the Government Accountability Office, says for about five years after FATARA mandate, one-third of all CIOs still do not report to the head of the agency. Listen to this exchange between Harris and Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton about the CIO placement in agencies. The agency CIOs have reported to us that that reporting structure is very critical to allowing them to carry out their responsibilities. Well, Ms. Harris, would you explain to the committee what would be the resistance so that we can work with agencies? Why would an agency not want everybody in the room? Honestly, I, I think it in large part has to do with agency culture and being able to change that culture so that the CIO does have that seat at the table is vitally critical. So it's going to take work with the, the senior leaders within those agencies to empower those CIOs, change those organization charts so that those CIOs have direct reporting capabilities and, and work with, with you all as well to ensure that that happens. GAO's Harris adds insurance CIOs seat at the table also help attract qualified CIOs in the future. Now, Tom, the second big challenge is working capital funds. Half of all agencies still do not have these quote-unquote bank accounts where they can save money to be used for future IT projects. In fact, OMB's Rote says having a working capital fund is imperative for agencies to modernize their IT. In fact, her work as the SBA's CIO, where she was at before coming to OMB earlier this year, is evidence of the importance of having these savings accounts. Rote modernized SBA technology through these savings from consolidating contracts and getting rid of outdated systems. All right. So you had GAO, you had education, you had the Office of Management and Budget and OPM. They all testified before this committee. Any of the areas the committee pressed them about beyond what you've mentioned? The, her- the hearing absolutely covered a ton of related topics, related area issues. Let me highlight two that maybe are just the most important. First is Education CIO Jason Gray was on the really hot seat defending his agency's actions during a recent data breach. Now, this was reported by the Washington Post. It got got some coverage over the last couple of months. And Gray said that the Education Department briefed the committee just last Friday about what happened and and, and what they did to solve it. And he compared it, Tom, saying this is a low-level risk, low-impact type of event. They did not lose any data. Nothing was exfiltrated. Nothing left the agency. And no one outside the agency even had access to the data. He says it's kind of like if you have a safety deposit box in a bank that's in the safety deposit box is in a vault. The vault was the, the bank. The box in the vault was left open. So somebody in the bank could have could, went and closed it. But nobody from outside could get into the vault. No one from outside could get into the safety deposit box. 
So that was a one issue that came up time and again. The second one was from Maria Rote, and she highlighted some of the reskilling efforts. Tom, starting later this month in August is in the new data science reskilling effort to really help agencies get more, if you will, data scientists on board and helping understand how to use data. And then she also said there was a recent graduation of cohorts for a CIO, CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, a leadership training course, and something around the robotics process automation. So I think those are two newsworthy things because it's uh, addressing the talent and skill gap that really a lot of CIOs do face. All right. So a lot yet to cover. You'll be busy in the next year, Jason. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.